Good morning. You're listening to the best of the Lawn and Garden Journal here on Golden West Radio. We won't be taking calls this morning. However, we will be talking gardening. Here's your host, Carla Hersina. Good morning, everyone. The gardens are still looking good. And the fluctuation that we've been having, uh, I know here on our neck of the woods uh, down at St. Mary's, uh, we've been having some quite some foggy mornings with that coolness of temperature right up. And I think today it's going to be very, very warm. So there could be a little bit of maybe harvesting our crops a little bit earlier in the morning so we can relax with some lemonade and enjoy the garden view that we have. So September is ringing in warm, and September also brings us a bounty. So please listen. It's all about September. The sultry summer past, September comes. Soft twilight of the slow declining year, all mildness, soothing, loneliness, and peace. The fading season ere the falling come, more sober than the buxom blooming May, and therefore less the favorite of the world. But dearest month to all the pensive minds, tis now far spent, and the meridian sun, most sweetly smiling with tempered beams, sheds sheds gently down a mild and grateful warmth beneath its yellow luster, groves and woods, checkered by the night's frost with various hues, while yet no wind has swept a leaf away, shine doubly rich, it were a sad delight down the smooth stream to glide, and see it tinged upon each brink with all the glorious, gorgeous hues, the yellow, the red, or purple of the trees, that singly or in tufts of forest thick adorn the shores to see perhaps the side of some high mount reflected far below, with its bright colors intermixed with spots of darker green. Yes, it were sweetly sad to wander in the open fields and hear, even at this hour, the noonday hardly past, the lulling insects of the summer's night, to hear where lately buzzing swarms were heard, a lonely bee, long roving, here and there, to find the single flower, but all in vain, then rise quickly with a louder hum to widen its circles round and round his head, straight by the listener flying clear away, as if to bid the fields a last adieu, to hear within the woodland's sunny side, late fall music, nothing save, perhaps, the sound of nutshells by the squirrel dropped by, from some tall beech fast falling through the leaves. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Lana Garden Journal. I think it's going to be a very busy morning, so we're going to go right to lines. Evelyn's waiting. Good morning, Evelyn. Good morning, Carla. Good morning. And where are you calling from this morning? Tolstoy. Tolstoy. Well, good morning to everyone in Tolstoy. I'm sure they say good morning to you as well. <laughs> hey, did you get all that fog this morning? Like, Winnipeg was very, very foggy No, I didn't see um, very much at all, but I didn't get out of bed, you know, before 7, so. Well, that you know what? It's the weekend. It's time to just sort of relax and see uh, what the days bring, right? Yes. 
Yeah. How can we help you on the Lawn and Garden Journal? Well, I have two pear trees, and suddenly one, uh, it's a your pear. Okay. Uh, it suddenly dropped all of its fruit, and now the leaves are turning black. Ooh. I checked for bugs on the leaves. I didn't see anything. I checked the stalk, nothing. I dug around the bottom a little bit. I didn't see any bugs in the soil, so I haven't got a clue what's happening to that tree. Okay, how old How old is the tree? Uh, I've had it about, this will be the third year. Third year? Okay, usually when we're seeing that, uh, and were the fruit starting to develop? Because the fruit, um, yeah. in summer, it was starting? Yeah, and they all dropped. Okay. When they were probably, I would say, at least a third of the way developed. Okay. Usually when um, fruit is usually aborted from a tree, it's usually due of a few factors, like um, environmental factors will be in there. Uh, improper nutrients will sometimes cause that. Uh Water regime, like if it doesn't get enough moisture at certain portions of time frame, that can cause abort, like the f- fruit to abort as well. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but there's but no. Bugs it me that the leaves are turning black, not brown. They don't crinkle up; they just turn black. Okay. Well, black leaves are sometimes an indi- in, uh, indicative of uh, mo- uh, like bacteria or mold or fungal. That's on there. So is it an area that's got really good drainage? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, and it's not far from the other tree, so I, I'm not understanding what's happening to that one. Okay, but they go, but it's black and soft, or is it go, they go brittle? Uh, sort of halfway. I guess they're on their way to going brittle. Going on the way to brittle, well, yeah, if it's not uh, going through. Um, I would see if... If you could get some of your leaves in a contained bag or whatever and see, take it to your closest garden center to see if um, there's something that's going on there. There are some bacterial diseases that you can get uh, called fire blight on a lot of fruiting trees, and I think they're also indicative of pear trees. So if you can take some of that, but make sure it's in a sealed bag because we do not want it to get, um, you know, affect other areas that are in there. But you could do some copper spray too as well that's on it, but I would probably do that after fruiting. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See what there is. Um, can you chance? buy that copper spray just at the nursery there? Yes, at the nursery. You can go to any fine garden center should be able to have it so that you should be able to go it. But I'd be curious to see if it was fire, but if you could take some pictures uh, if you can't take some branchings to it, you can, uh, well, we'd be happy to take a look at it here. So if you can send us some pictures, um, we can maybe take a look at that too is for you, okay? Okay. But check and see too if it's, if it's strategy, if it's only on, if it's on the whole tree or if it's just on specific branches, okay? Okay. Okay, so um, those are good clues so that when we see that, plants are diseased, we want to know if it's localized on one or two branches or if it's across the board too as well. Okay? Yes. Okay. I hope that gives you some, let's start with that and then we'll go from there and see what else it could possibly be. But usually black leaves or browning or curling is sometimes, uh, like I said, could be bacteria that's causing a disease in there. Okay? Okay. Well, thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome and thank you for calling. No problem. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go right to the line. Larry is waiting. Good morning, Larry. 
Good morning. Good morning. And where are you calling from this morning? Winnipeg. Well, it looks like it's a nice day out there. It's a little cool this morning, but I think it's going to be a gorgeous it's, weekend. It's, it's a beautiful day. There's no mosquitoes today. Well, that's I. you know what? Let's get rid of the mosquitoes. We'll contend with the wasps. <laughs> and we'll take right. the day as it is. Yeah. How can we help you this morning? Why do cedars turn brown? Ooh, they turn brown for a number of reasons. Um, is it... Uh, is it particularly your cedar, or is it just seeing that the cedars are turning brown? I have a, I have about three or four of them, and uh, some of parts of it are turning brown. Okay, how old are they? Uh, a couple of years in the ground. Okay, all right. There's a few things that cause the browning, and I'm seeing it a little bit more on younger ones this year, and there's a different scenario. So, A, cedars will go brown if there's lack of moisture or not enough moisture that's on them. So when cedars are planted, they need to be planted almost on a, you know, like a baseball pitcher's mound. They like to be a little bit higher on the root ball, so they don't like to be in standing water. So you have to be able to plant it in an area that has good drainage but has moisture. All right? Okay. If if they lack in that moisture through the winter, you will see the effect of that rusting or browning effect the following season. Now, did you start to see it after the spring, or is it consistently since summer on to fall? After the spring. After the spring? Yeah. Okay. If you did not have enough moisture going into the winter uh, for that to hold moisture into those cells, and it seems kind of weird that little, you know, evergreens, There, you think, how much moisture can this hold because it's so thin and it's delicate? But we want to get as much moisture into the needles of our spruce, our junipers, and our cedars in the winter, so they lock that in. And the other thing, too, is we have to remember about the direction of winds and the direction of sun bouncing off of white snow, causing some of those cells of those uh, cedars and that to open up a little bit when it gets a little bit more warm. So create a windbreak to help with the desiccating winds on that. And uh, also, too, if you could guard it by putting up a, the same wind block for prevention of sun scalding. Okay? Now, when, when we talk about... Sorry? Is there any, any kind of... Uh small parasite that the leaves get or something that you can't see? Yes. Okay, I was going to mention that next because that's sort of the winter care aspect and the fall care aspect. During the summer, they are very prone to spider mites too as well, which is a small, minute little bug that will cause the branches to go browner and browner. And if you want to test yourself for it, usually I take a... um, like a, a white piece of paper, like a full scap or something that you have, and bring a branch to some place that's not too windy and do a gentle tap onto your paper. They're really minute. Sometimes you can see them moving if you've got a, a magnifying glass. And the other one is if I take my hand and I do a, a gentle smear across it, if I see a, a trail of yellowy or reddish streaking, you're basically smushing them and you're getting that um, extrude from their colorant that's on there. But spider might. Spider mites will cause browning, too, during the summer months. What can they be sprayed with? Uh, You can use any type of insecticide that's on there. I like to use water first, 
and blasting them off with water first will work. And just know that this spider mites love areas on foliage of plants where there's less air circulation and less uh, moisture. If a plant is already under stress that's on it, it will naturally go to there. So in essence, it's kind of that compounded factor that if it's in a drier, very dry, low wind area, they don't get bounced off naturally by the wind and all that kind of stuff. And in drier conditions, then the rain isn't naturally washing them off themselves. So I would probably say let's get out the garden hose today and give it a good blast off because you want to not winter those over. And then there are some sprays that you can spray onto the foliage. Um, but I would try blasting it with water first. What kind of sprays? Uh, we'll use, there's Bug X Out. Uh, there's a product called Bug X Out. Or if you want to go a little bit lighter, you can use Endol. Um, that's, you know, with your fatty acids and that. You can use that too as well. But just remember, when you're spraying any type of spray, spray early in the morning or later in the evening when the temperatures are cool. Okay. Okay. Okay, we'll give that a try. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome, and thank you for calling. Okay. Bye. Bye, Larry. Now, it's going to be a busy morning because it's September. Let's go right to lines. Marilyn is waiting. Good morning, Marilyn. Hi, Carla. It's Marilyn. I phoned you a while ago about my mandevilla that I had bought. Yes. All right. It's seven feet tall. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's, it's grown to seven feet tall. And it's still blooming, and now it's getting more little buds, um, and I'm kind of worried because with the cold weather might be coming, um, are those buds going to be able to open in well, time? Well, if there, we, I think we still have it. Just you have to be cautious, and this is part of a conversation that will probably be repeated in the next couple of weeks. Our yeah. Trop- it's our tropical plants that we've, we love putting our tropical plants outside. And the Mandevilla diplodinius, they are beautiful decking. And, or is it a, and of oh. course, uh, it's a, yours, I'm not even going to ask if it's a climbing or a bush type because if it's, if it's, it's seven climbing feet up. <laughs> I've got it on a, a little five foot trellis okay. that I will bring in. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's still in bloom. At the, like the bottom part is up, still got b- flowers blooming. And now at the top, I snipped it back about a week ago. But now there's the new new little shoots coming out where there where there's going to be flowers. Yeah, you know what? When we when we tip cut it a little bit, you probably got an emergence of new growth. And the weather that we've been having is still quite I know. nice. That's what I'm worried about. So should, um, when like, when would you suggest, uh, I face completely east, all my windows face east, it's on my, uh, I have a, a balcony, yep. and it's facing completely east, and it's, everybody says how beautiful it looks, because it's really, like when I bought, this is the first time I've grown one, and it, it, it's really flourishing beautifully. So when I bring it in, it'll be put in um, one of my two bedrooms facing the same as it does right now. Oh, that's going to be beautiful. Okay. But I want to know how what? far back, how, like you said, uh, you told me a third, but I don't know what a third means when it's six okay. and a half. <laughs> when it's six. Okay. When we start, and 
we want to transition our tropicals indoors before it goes through a dramatic drop in ten- temperature. Yes. So it's right. So I like to sort of see if it's, um, I'm usually really terrible. I usually sort of say if it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's eight or eight or 10 degrees. So 50, 50, 50, 55, 58. Like if we start dropping sustainably for a long period of time. Now, the thing That's- is when we, when we go to 50 or maybe even eight to 10 degrees, but eight to 10 degrees is different if it's in a sheltered locations than if yeah, it's it a cooler wind, right? Right? It, so, yeah, it is sheltered because it's got glass. Like I've got a, a four-foot glass balcony all around. Yeah, so if it's sheltered, it could probably stay out a little bit where it's warmer. And But when we do want to bring it in, you want to make sure that if you can give it, if it's on a balcony, it sounds like you're going to have to take it into maybe the bathtub with a shower head, cover the soil uh, up with a plastic bag so you don't want soil going down the drain. But give, yeah, it, a really good, give it a really good wash off. Okay. That's, that's where I like those ones that have the handle heads that you can bring yeah. down. And, and make sure we do the undersides of the leaves because... Like, I the, have had no bugs on any of my plants, and I haven't had one yellow leaf on this mandevilla at all. Oh, that's beautiful. So, well, I'm like, they're really shiny. So yep. I, yeah, because I'm out there babying it every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that tells you something right there. Well, that's what my neighbors say, because my plants are absolutely beautiful. I can't believe, like, my balcony is so full. My petunias are still blooming. Um, my my, my um, potato vine is three feet across on my balcony. Oh, well, and, you can... And, uh, and, and the creeping Jenny is three feet long, hanging over the balcony. <laughs> well, your neighbor below probably is going. This is oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh beautiful. yeah, beautiful. She's, yeah. get, she's getting all my tips from me. She said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> now, well, you, I also okay. wanted to ask you. Sure. So, how far back should I cut this thing? Okay. Generally, I would like to take one third of it off. So yeah, but would, I know, but you said one-third of it off, and I thought, well, I don't know how many inches that is. <laughs> well, if it's, if let's say, okay, the very tall trend, I'm not going to, there's basically where it gets really, really thick. Like, we're not talking about one or two spindly lines that are going to make a foot yeah, or these too are, high. Uh, there's some really thick, yeah, yeah. At okay, the, bring it down to where it looks like it's in more of a dense bush area, but if you pull it and cut it back so that you're tenderling it down so it's probably two-thirds the size and it may be hard to do that because i know vining plants vine amongst themselves down below so you do not want to take um i see hedge trimmers coming out the going whoop you don't want to do that because you could be breaking a lot of the branches yeah. down below so if you have time to unwind and bring some of those branches down start tip cutting it back and sort of see because naturally if we bring some of our plants from outdoors indoors there is a very high chance that you will get some leaf drop off yeah and i haven't had one i haven't had one yeah well you will probably get it when you take it from an outdoor aspect to an indoor aspect it's a change of season it's a change of environment Mm -hmm. and and occasionally i'm not going to say you're not going to get it because you're probably going to get it okay so if it's Six and a half feet tall. I, I would probably take it down to probably four feet if you can do that cautiously. Yeah, I can. And not, I can. I can. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit more manageable. And then when you're able to see that when you pinch it back, you're probably going to get softer new growth on it. 
Okay. And uh, don't be scared if you start getting some, we call it defoliation, like if you get some leaf drop that's on it, because then are the stages that you need to start watching how much water you give it. Okay. Um, okay. And that's what I was going to ask you. How much water should I give it in the winter time? In the winter time, you're going to let it go slightly drier than usual because plants inside, yeah. little, li- I always say low light, little leaves, little water. Okay. All okay. right. Because it's and, not respiring. What about any, any fertilizer in the winter or no? Uh, because of it, if you do any type of fertilizer, very, very weak. Most plants are in a shutdown mode. You do not want to actively okay. push, push yeah. that plant. Okay. I've sta- I stopped fertilizing it two weeks ago. Should I give it one more boost or no? Uh, being a tropical, I would give it one more boost and then bring it indoors. It's different than our trees in the ground. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That, yeah. that you're supposed to sh- stop, stop, stop. Okay? Okay, so I should. Oh, and I want to ask you one more question. My daughter lives in Portage La Prairie, and she uh, has canna lilies, and she said that she bought some new canna lily bulbs this year, and she said that they're forming black bulbs. Forming black bulbs? Yeah, on top. If they're black bulbs and they're new, they could be, uh, it depends on the variety of it. The, some of the skins on the new one may have that color tone. But if they're black and they're mushy, that is, that's a fungal. She says okay? they're hard. They're hard. So that's a new set of new bulbs set for the new year, okay? Oh. Okay. So what does she do with them then? They're canna lilies. Well, if they're canna lilies, you can dry those bulbs and store them in a very cool, dark location. Oh, okay, probably the February same as you do with your, uh, yeah. With callas and dahlias and all that kind of, calla lilies, dahlias and all that kind of stuff, that's where we're going to do that winter process. Because she says she's never had that before, and she said on her rose bush, she's got little yellow bulbs. Uh, oh, okay, on, are we talking bulbs on the bottom in the ground, or are they no, the on, pods on, on the, the top? Plant. On the plant, those could be seeds. I, that's what I told her. Yeah. That's seed pods. Yep. Yeah, hey. that, that, that's great. Thanks a lot, Carla. I just want to save my mandevilla if I'm still around next year. <laughs> oh, you will. And I have to give you a shout out. You have a green thumb there, my girl. <laughs> well, you know what? I won some garden competitions, so. Well, there you go. There's. I did in Charleswood. <laughs> <laughs> I won Wonderful. some in Charleswood, and then I won some at Grand Beach, and my picture was in the Cottager magazine to 2022. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, keep it But keep thanks it going. a lot, Carla. You're very welcome, Marilyn. I'll Thank let you, you know in. next year if it survived. <laughs> oh, we'll be talking. We'll be talking. I know All we right, will. Love. Okay. Enjoy Bye-bye. the weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now let's go right to line. Barb's waiting. Hi, Barb. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. I forgot to ask Marilyn where she's from, but I guess I can flip back through my notes to see. Where are you calling from? Winnipeg. Well, it's it's going to be a hot one, I have a feel, feeling here, oh, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. We're getting our July weather. <laughs> well, you know what? Pretty soon we will see the whiteness of things. <laughs> we'll love the greenery for a while. That's right. We're not, we're not complaining. <laughs> we're not complaining. We're not complaining. Especially How, for the long weekend. It's lovely to have such... Oh, it's going to be a beautiful long weekend. How can we mm-hmm. help you on the Lawn Garden Journal? Um, I have a, a dwarf lilac that was... It's 11 years old. Yep. And it has never thrived, really. It... <laughs> I know it's not in a in a good place for it. Uh, I I don't really have a good place for it. Uh, it's facing north, and it's 
shaded by a, a there are a lot of pine trees um, that keep the light from getting the sunlight from getting to it the way it should. So I was thinking of moving it. Actually, I'm thinking of moving it to my daughter's place, <laughs> and I wondered whether that's uh, advisable. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of old already, but it has never thrived, and um, it's spindly. And I thought I should cut it back and maybe try and transplant it. Yeah. Well, what a gift it would be if if you. If you could do that, and if it started to uh, thrive, that would be a beautiful gift to give. And so sort of my recommendation is if it's 11 years old and it's still very petite and smaller, you have a good chance of harvesting that. So you just have to remember to give it as big a root ball as you can. If you wanted to do it um, anytime mid-September, uh, okay, you know, that's, I wondered when, when was the best time to do it. Okay. Yeah, I would probably do it mid-September because it will be sort of starting in its shutdown mode at that point. Because we want to get it, if you want to get it into the ground for next year's growth in her yard, it's more beneficial to get a little bit of more growth starting mid-September to, you know, to freeze up that's on okay. there. Mm-hmm. So um, you could probably, and I would probably, how tall is it? It's about... Mm, Maybe three feet. Okay. You could take at the same time, um, if it's three feet and it's spindly, you're going to cut one-third of it off. And okay. make sure, because we want to do limited stress on the transplant, have her pick a beautiful location that she wants in her yard and have the hole prepared uh, early or, the, you know, in advance mm-hmm. of you harvesting and bringing it over to plant as well. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Make sure yeah, and little tricks of it was whenever we're planting um, new shrubs in, whatever root ball that you have, you want to make sure that the hole that it's going into is twice as wide as the original root ball okay. and slightly deeper so that it welcomes the new, uh, slightly a little bit of soil on the bottom and the new soil only on the sides, okay? Oh, okay. If you put enough soil on the bottom that it gives it just a slight rise, then when it gets watered and settled in, it will sink a little bit. But you do not want any additional soil on top of the original root ball, only the sides. Okay? Okay. I, I, can't, I can count, I don't know how many times I can ha- count both my hands, how many times um, a person will plant a tree or a shrub and it gets planted too deep and they like to straighten it and make it look like a straight tree and adding soil on top. And I feel it's our duty to let people know, let itself settle, no extra soil on the top, not even a thick mulch, let the plants settle themselves, okay? okay. Especially when you first plant it. Another little tip is when you're uh, planting, if your daughter's place is in Winnipeg, we know that we're very clay-based here, so... Whoever's doing the digging, dig your hole, and then just at the same time, um, cut some vertical striking into the clay on the sides of the clay. Because otherwise, if you make a nice slick bowl, the roots will have more of a tendency to girdle around on itself, and we want those new roots to grab in to the new soil Mm, and eventually go into that clay, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Add some bone meal, too, if you have, uh, or... There's another product that would probably even be better is look for a product called Root Rescue. Root Rescue. Root Rescue. It's for harvesting trees, and it basically is that. It has more 
mycorrhizal components to it um, than other products. So it will help to encourage the establishment of those roots right away for you. Okay. okay. And just uh-huh. reminder, she has to water it. Okay, so well watered because <laughs> yes. we want to make sure, like, honestly, if you plant it and you've created this bowl, if that soil dries out in that bowl, then the root system hasn't been able to merge into the outlying areas to grasp that moisture. So mm-hmm. all new plantings, even older plantings, would really appreciate a nice drink. Okay? Right okay. to freeze up. Right to freeze up. Right to freeze up. Okay. Right to freeze up. Okay. That doesn't, right. mean, that doesn't mean every day. <laughs> You've you got to give it a little bit of air, but when it, the soil dries out, give it another little bit of a drink. Okay, good. All right, thank you so much, Carla. You're welcome, and I, I hope it's successful. I and, hope it uh, is too. Yeah, well, next spring when the new leaves start coming out, you're going to give us a shout and say, Woohoo, it's working. All right. Now, oh, do I cut it down? Do I cut it back? You can Before. cut, sorry, yes, that was part of it. You can trim it back by one-third. Not, oh, right, you said, yes, yeah. I did. Yes, yeah. I wrote that down here, okay. and then I forgot you said okay. it. Okay, that's, that's okay. great. Okay? Thank you. Have a oh, wonderful you're very weekend. Welcome. Yeah, you too. Have a good, safe, long weekend. Thank okay. you. You're okay. welcome, Barb. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's go right back to the lines. Emily is waiting. Good morning, Emily. Hi, good morning. Good morning, and where are you calling from this morning? Winnipeg. Yeah, it it was foggy this morning, wasn't it? No, I didn't notice it. I mean, I, I got up at 8, so probably that's why. Oh, okay. Well, out I guess out um, at the garden center here, I was here early, so it was, um, I couldn't even see the gate when I pulled up off the highway. <laughs> so it was foggy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How can we help you? Well, I'm moving uh, end of September. And uh, I have a whole pile of daylilies I would like to take with me. Okay. But the home I'm going to doesn't have anything prepared, so I don't think I'll be able to get them into the soil for the winter. Okay. Uh, how can I save them? They're in pots right now. Okay. Do they have a garden? Do they have an existing garden at all? No. They don't, eh? No. Um, is, it, is it a brand-new yard? No, just nothing there or is there space that you can um winter or dig them into the ground someplace uh, might be um. yeah because to overwinter uh we it's recommended that if you have items in pots uh the best way that you can do is if you can get sort of the pot sunk into the ground that will give you that extra insulation uh if you have other areas and i know in our industry uh, we do a lot of overwintering stuff, but we use protective measures. Uh, if you have areas that you can pile things around them, I know that here uh, we put ours under levels of uh, blank winter blanketing that helps to prevent that insulating, you know, that gives it that winter protection that's in there. So above ground is tricky if you don't have added insulation on it. Um, well, I have some bales I was thinking of. Um, you could try. You could try. Yep. If yeah. you can get it into a nice protected area, but not protected in full sun. Like, not protected where the sun's going to bake it. You know, like, keep it in oh. a false winter or false dormancy. You want to make sure that it's in an area, probably a shadier side of the house. And then if you put uh, shady and sheltered with the flax straw, that may help. 
Okay. And do, okay. I, do I pile it on top of them too? Yes, you would have to go all the way around. All over, yeah. yeah all okay. over. But if you're going to use Inflectra, it's probably the best for doing that. Um, but you can layer it with fabric first or uh, shade blanketing or um, landscape fabric over top so that you don't get the, if there's any seed that's left in the bales or the straw that you won't get um, seeding into your pots because that will be hard to weed out afterwards. Right. Okay. Um, so in a insulated garage, it wouldn't work, eh? No, because perennials need to go through their natural habits, and their natural habit is going into a cycle of dormancy and then coming back out again. So heated garage, but it depends, like if it was... No, it's not heat. I wouldn't heat it. it okay. So... Um, even it's some garages can get very insulated. Yeah. Well, if it's like a fridge, you know, if it's kept in a fridge state, you could probably do it. But if it gets below at a certain point of beyond its natural hardiness zone, that could be affected. Yeah. You, okay. you could try. Um, if you have a number of pots, uh, do a test. Do some outside and some inside and see which one's favor. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I don't like to give any of them up. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Daylilies are so pretty. And the new cultivars or the new varieties that are out are just beautiful, you know. Um, do you know some of the names of the ones that you have? Uh, not really. They're all doubles. They're all doubles? Yeah. Double flowering. I've saved them forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? When you Hard value some, yeah, when you value that something that, much you I, I can feel it in you I you really want to make sure you treasure those that are on there and I love daylilies uh, I guess more and more because of the ease of wh- how they flower and the ease of care of cleaning up yeah um, it is a true like sometimes there's that terminology called a workhorse plant and I find that they are kind of in that category ease of growing ease of care and they're so pretty that's right. The uh, yeah, nothing really bothers them. Not even a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, uh, there is a true testimony to the daylilies. Yeah, I know those those rascally rabbits. They have been challenging this this year for sure. Yeah. So yeah, they don't bother them. That's for sure. That's a good thing. Deer do, but yeah. Well, just... the deer like them because daylily uh, blooms are actually uh, edible. So, you know, like, um, they know what is edible and they know what is non-edible that's on it. So, um, nature, that tells you, they're smart. You know, maybe the rabbits don't like it. Maybe it has a different type of texture or taste for them. But, yes, the the deer do like them. So, if I, uh, I have, like, furniture blankets in that. Would that help covering them with that? Yeah, but I would still, uh, if you have furniture blankets, I would use that, but I would also put a, uh, like when we use straw, it gives, sometimes in the old days when you use the fl- straw, you're fluffing it, so it, you're giving a thickness to it, right? so that there's air, but there's also a dent, like, it's not dense, it's nice and fluffed right. up around it, so okay. it's, like, cr- it's creating a nice little tented house for it to be nice and cozy, all right? Oh. All righty, well, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for uh-huh. calling in. Have a good day. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll be back next weekend on the Lawn Garden Journal. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.